Hello, and welcome to Talk D93, Community Consolidated School District 93's podcast, hosted by me, Superintendent Dr. David Hill. In it, I sit down from time to time with key figures who impact our district to have discussions about specific CCSD 93 programs, services, roles, events, history, and more. Today, I'm pleased to continue our conversation about school safety in CCSD 93 by discussing the threat assessment process. For those unfamiliar, this is the systematic way our organization works to prevent physical harm from occurring after a threat of violence has been made. While this is not the most upbeat topic, it's important that we provide our families the opportunity to understand the steps the district takes when presented with such situations and how seriously we take them. There's no person who is better equipped to help us delve into this subject than CCSD 93's Assistant Superintendent for Human Resources, Mrs. Julie Tobin, who has served as principal at three schools within the district and took the lead in implementing CCSD 93's threat assessment reporting process. She is here with me today. Welcome, Mrs. Tobin. Hi, thank you for having me. I just gave a brief overview, but can you start by helping our listeners understand what the purpose of a threat assessment is and some examples of situations where one would be used? Certainly. Threat assessment, first of all, by definition, is a problem-solving approach. So that's the first thing to recognize. It's a problem-solving approach to violence prevention. It involves threat assessment and intervention with individuals who have threatened violence in some way. So when you look at that definition and you say what examples of situations where one would be used, anyone in the community, a student, community member, parent, even staff member, if there's a threat of violence or perceived violence. So a student, for example, could report that another student said that they wanted to harm them in some way. That would be an example of a situation where we would implement threat assessment procedures. We look at the fact that threat assessment is something that is nationwide, It comes to us from Dewey Cornell is the University of Virginia approach that we use. It's research-based. So this comes from FBI cases, Secret Service cases, and they formulated an approach to how we look at threats and how we work through an action plan to make sure that we follow a process. So you mentioned research-based. Can you give a little background on what you know about the development of the threat assessment process? Absolutely. So we based our process on Dewey Cornell from the University of Virginia, as I said, and we established an eight-step process. And one of our goals was to have a database that provides for longitudinal data over all of the years that our students are in our system. And it really wants to incorporate the restorative practices already in place in the district so that when our students are being asked questions or asking questions of each other, they really are asking those restorative questions, an important part of our discipline quality process as well. Does a threat assessment process involve two or three people, or is there a team involved in that? And can you talk a little bit more about how that works? Absolutely. In each of our nine buildings, we have a team that would be the first point of contact, administrators, social workers, psychologists. So they would be responsible at a building level for taking down the information of the threat. 
and they would be going through the process at the building level. And there is an eight-step process that they would go through. Then we have a threat assessment team at the district level that works at looking at, on a monthly basis, all of the threats that we have coming in a district. Just want to make the point that we have very few of these threats on a district level on a monthly basis. But what that threat assessment team does is review those cases, looks at the interventions, and really focuses on de-escalation and really focuses on problem solving. So we determine what trainings are necessary, what cool tools might be necessary at a building level, and that's really what we're looking at in a district level with that team. Hmm. Okay. So in practice, what does a threat assessment process entail? So there's eight steps, as I mentioned. So the first one is there's a threat. There's a report of that threat. Again, it can come from many sources. So the step two then is to interview the person making the threat. We get the specifics at step three, and we have to, at step four, classify that threat. Low risk, medium risk, high risk. Once we do that, at step five, we have to interview witnesses. Step six, we do a file review of the person making the threat. And at step seven, we identify any risk factors. Those risk factors are risk factors established by uh, the Secret Service, to be honest with you, and the FBI. And then at step eight, that's probably the most important part, the action plan. What are we going to do to intervene, to problem solve for the student, to make sure that we minimize any threat moving forward. Sounds like a pretty comprehensive process to ensure the safety and security of everyone in our D93 buildings. Absolutely it is. And I think, again, the biggest, most important pieces there are problem solving and intervention. Julie, thank you so much for giving us a review of that our, the district's very robust threat assessment procedure. Um, I did have a, just a question or two for you. With step four, when you talk about threat, threat classification, low, medium risk, what, what exactly, how is it determined and what might that look like um, for our professionals? As well as step eight, the action plan, what are some outcomes um, that could occur as students are identified or the situation is identified as a low, medium, or high risk? Sure. When we look at low, medium, and high risk, for example, a low-risk threat may be something that is, from a student point of view, intended as a joke or a figure of speech, something that was very time-limited, and it can be resolved very easily with perhaps an apology. Something that is more moderate or high risk, we may take into account things such as even whether it's repeated over time or if there was an intent to harm or even the student's history of past aggressive behavior, things like that. And that makes it more medium or high risk even. As far as action plan, again, interventions may be something like having a student write an apology or engage in restorative practices logical consequences. Or we have other interventions that might be counseling services, parent support, wraparound services at a tier three level in our buildings, or many other interventions that we offer our families. So would you agree as we've gone through this short talk together that the threat, threat assessment process in our district is aimed to ensure the safety and security of all of our students and staff and visitors, as well as providing our students with possible opportunities to grow 
and uh, make better decisions in the future. Absolutely. That is entirely the goal. Good. good. Excellent. Thank you so much for going over this threat assessment process with us uh, and taking the time to help us understand a little more about this robust process the district offers. You're welcome. Thank you. Talk D93 listeners, please subscribe to Talk D93 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And don't miss a thing from CCS93 by following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also find me on Twitter at drhillD93. Join us next time for more from CCSD93. Thank you.